Good morning. In today's headlines, former President Trump pleads not guilty in Washington, D.C. The 2024 candidate calls the charges per persecution of a political opponent. Hear what politicians on Capitol Hill have to say about it. Wired money, business associate dinners, all just an illusion of access or corrupt behavior. The transcript from Devin Archer's testimony is released. The Surgeon General allegedly wanted Facebook to remove true information about the side effects of COVID vaccines that and more in the new Facebook files. Two U.S. Navy sailors have been arrested and charged with taking bribes and selling sensitive military information to China. We have the details. New York City rolls out its latest plans to deal with the influx of illegal immigrants. Find out what college students are being offered in exchange for helping out. And we hear from a couple who overcame many heartbreaks on a journey with their 12 children. Good morning. Welcome to NTD. I'm Kevin Hogan. Good morning, everyone. I'm Evelyn Lee. Today is Friday, August 4th. Yes, the end of the week. And you know, Evelyn, some former prosecutors are saying that a guilty verdict in this Trump indictment is going to be hard to get. And that's because they say if Trump was, you know, they're trying to prove that Trump knew he was doing wrong. So if Trump just says, I was just going based on the advice of my lawyers and he didn't know whether what he was doing was right or wrong, then he's off the hook. Right, but others say there is precedent of these charges being used in this way, like for the people from January 6th at the Capitol. That's right, yeah, and it's going to be a big case, and we hope you're having a good morning. We're going to kick this off with the details of the case. That's right. Thank you, Kevin. Former President Trump pleaded not guilty at his arraignment in Washington, D.C. yesterday. He's charged with engaging in criminal conspiracies connected with attempts to challenge the results of the 2020 presidential election. Special Counsel Jack Smith alleges that Trump and six co-conspirators made a series of knowingly false claims about election fraud. And today's Jeremy Sandberg has more on the case and reactions to it. Former President Trump was released without travel restrictions after his arraignment Thursday. He was ordered not to discuss the case with any witnesses unless accompanied by his lawyers. The 2024 presidential candidate called it persecution of a political opponent after leaving the courthouse. This was never supposed to happen in America. This is the persecution of the person that's leading by very, very substantial numbers in the Republican primary and leading Biden by a lot. So if you can't beat him, you persecute him or you prosecute him. We can't let this happen in America. Thank you very you much. Want these, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy says Trump had a right to question the results of the election. And you know, in America, you were entitled to raise a question. You're entitled to question whether it was honest or not. That's the uniqueness of the First Amendment. That's the uniqueness of America. But you know what? You shouldn't be prosecuted for your thoughts. And the difference here is when Hillary Clinton said it, nothing happened to her. When they said it in Georgia's election, nothing happened to them either. You know what? When the DNC said it, nothing happened to them either. So stop using government to go after people who politically disagree with you. Former House Speaker, Congresswoman Nancy Pelosi called it heartbreaking for the country. To have a president of the United States uh, with this uh, list of charges against him, the rule of law is central to a democracy. Representative Ro Khanna says it affirms the rule of law and the work of the January 6th committee and that it's not about Trump's free speech. The uh, allegation is, is that he was interfering with the Justice Department, interfering with White House personnel to plot the overthrowing of legitimately elected 
uh, electors and trying to subvert that process using government resources. Trump spokesperson Alina Haba says the federal charges are election interference. This is about politics. This is about 2024. As an American, there were questions that he had regarding the election integrity. We've seen documents come out. We've seen documentaries come out showing that there were issues with the election. And he and frankly, by bringing this, I don't think Jack Smith really thought it through. There only has to be proof that, number one, President Trump believed that this election was not completely honest. And number two, Jack Smith has opened himself up to a can of worms that we can now look at and really examine. Trump's lead attorney on the case, John Laurel, told the Epoch Times the case will air all of the issues in the 2020 election and will give him the ability to subpoena documents and witnesses. Loro says Trump was acting on counsel from a constitutional expert when he asked Pence to pause the vote on January 6 in order to have states audit and recertify their results. Republican presidential candidate Vivek Ramaswamy vowed to pardon Trump if he's elected in 2024. To unite our country and to move forward towards a national revival, it will absolutely be in the interests of this nation to heal and to move forward. The next hearing in the case is set for August 28th. Trump has been allowed to waive his appearance. Jeremy Sandberg, NTD News. Former Vice President Joe Biden was the brand that his son sold around the world to enrich the Biden family. That's what the House Oversight Committee says Devin Archer confirmed in a newly released transcribed interview. And today's Daniel Monahan has more on Archer's deposition. The House committee says Joe Biden joined Hunter Biden and his business associates for dinners or by phone over 20 times to sell the brand and send a signal about their power, access, and influence. Archer testified that Hunter Biden being on the board of Burisma and the perceived access to Joe Biden that it provided intimidated people from messing with the company legally. Archer added that the Biden connection brought capabilities to navigate D.C. and preserve the company from a longevity standpoint. The testimony also touched on dinners. Then-Vice President Biden attended with Hunter Biden's foreign business associates who allegedly wired money to Biden-associated LLCs. Archer says one dinner took place in the spring of 2014 at D.C.'s Cafe Milano. Archer revealed that Joe Biden met twice with Hunter's post-Soviet business partners there. One attendee was Russian billionaire Yelena Baterina. Archer testified that most of the $3.5 million wired in 2014 by Baterina was transferred to a firm co-owned by Archer and Hunter Biden. This after its initial receipt by an entity that those defending Biden said was solely controlled by Archer. The witness also said that Joe Biden had coffee with Jonathan Lee, the incoming CEO of Chinese state-backed investment fund BHR Partners, while vice president. It was originally reported that only a handshake greeting took place in Beijing in 2013. Archer added that Hunter, who held a 10% stake in BHR, also later put his dad on speakerphone with Lee as well. Editor-at-large at Real Clear Investigations Benjamin Weingarten reacted. One of the key elements of his testimony is that a critical part of the value that Hunter Biden brought to business deals, so-called, including his work with Burisma, was the brand. And what was the brand? The Biden brand. And who was the integral figure that led the Biden brand, according to Archer? It was Joe Biden. Weingarten says Archer's testimony raises some key questions. Would there have been any Biden family business for Hunter Biden or Jim Biden or any of the others, were it not for Joe Biden's office. What did Joe know, when did he know it, and what did he do about it? Democrats contend that Republicans are chasing long discredited bribery allegations. 
They say Archer's testimony shows that Joe Biden's speakerphone conversations did not involve any business dealings, adding that Archer testified he was not aware of any wrongdoing on the part of Joe Biden. Daniel Monahan, NTD News. Alleged collusion between the Biden administration and Facebook to restrict the reach of certain sites and deplatform so-called undesirable users. That's according to the Facebook files released by Representative Jim Jordan. And today's Daniel Monahan has more. Jordan began releasing the files at the end of July. The representative says the White House wanted to control what narratives and content was posted on Facebook surrounding COVID-19. The files say that Rob Flaherty, President Biden's then director of digital strategy, said that his dream was for Facebook to play ball with the White House on censorship. Jordan says Flaherty suggested controlling what Facebook users saw on the site, discussing changing the algorithm so that people were more likely to see New York Times or the Wall Street Journal rather than Daily Wire or more so-called polarizing sites. The files say Facebook suggested to the White House that it could contain content that it couldn't remove. Jordan wrote that the company admitted to the White House that it reduced content of certain posts, even if the posts didn't violate the company's terms and contain true information. According to Jordan, a Facebook employee said that they demoted posts from people sharing negative vaccine side effects or posts questioning whether a vaccine mandate was government overreach adding that that's not false information, but it leads to a vaccine-negative environment. Jordan says Facebook demoted the reach of a video by Tucker Carlson by 50%, though the content did not formally breach any rules. In July 2021, the head of global affairs at the FBI reportedly asked Facebook why it was censoring the lab leak theory regarding the origin of COVID-19. The company allegedly replied, because we were under pressure from the administration, adding that we shouldn't have done it. That month, President Biden accused Facebook of killing people by not censoring COVID-19 content that the administration perceived to be misinformation. The White House also reportedly wanted Facebook to remove humorous or satirical content suggesting the COVID-19 vaccine wasn't safe. Even honest information about the vaccines was allegedly targeted. A Facebook document stated, the Surgeon General wants us to remove true information about the side effects if the user does not provide complete information about whether the side effect is rare and treatable. The White House has not responded to a request for comment. Daniel Monahan, NTD News. Authorities have indicted two U.S. Navy sailors on charges related to espionage for China. They allegedly provided sensitive information about the U.S. Navy and military to the communist regime in exchange for bribes. Two U.S. Navy sailors have been arrested on charges related to national security and tied to China. The FBI arrested 26-year-old Petty Officer Wen Heng Zhao, also known as Thomas Zhao, from Monterey Park on Wednesday. He worked at Naval Base Ventura County. He is charged with conspiracy and receipt of a bribe by a foreign official. The charges demonstrate the PRC's determination to obtain information that is critical to our national defense by any means, so it could be used to their advantage. The alleged conduct also represents a violation of the solemn obligation of members of our military to defend our country, to safeguard secrets and to protect their fellow service members. The indictment alleges that Zhao received bribes from a Chinese intelligence officer in exchange for disclosing non-public sensitive U.S. military information. In addition, we charge that Mr. Zhao took photographs 
of electrical diagrams and blueprints for a radar system located at a U.S. military base in Okinawa, Japan. We also allege that Mr. Zhao transmitted to the intelligence officer working for the People's Republic of China details about the Navy's operational security, including photographs and videos of the interior of naval bases located at Ventura and at San Clemente Island, which is the Navy's only live fire facility used for testing military equipment and operations. In exchange for the information Zhao provided, he was paid about $14,800. This reportedly began in August 2021 and continued through at least May 2023. If he is convicted, Zhao would face up to 20 years in federal prison. And in a separate case, 22-year-old U.S. Navy sailor Jin Chao Wei, or Patrick Wei, was also arrested Wednesday for espionage charges. He was stationed at Naval Base San Diego. According to our indictment, Wei provided China with photographs of military hardware, including guns, vehicles, and planes. He delivered information about U.S. Marines involved in an upcoming international maritime warfare exercise, and he sold scores of technical and mechanical manuals related to the operation and power structures of amphibious assault ships. Some of the manuals contained information deemed quote-unquote critical technology by the U.S. Navy. In both cases, the Chinese intelligence officer directed the Navy sailors to hide their conspiracy and destroy evidence of the schemes. Two U.S. companies might be subpoenaed over the alleged funneling of hundreds of millions to blacklisted Chinese firms. A bipartisan House committee said that would happen if they fail to provide necessary answers about their investments. The companies in the spotlight are BlackRock, the world's largest asset manager, and MSCI, a leading index provider. The two allegedly directed investments to over 60 Chinese entities on the U.S. blacklist. From BlackRock alone, the amount totaled more than $400 million. That's according to the House Select Committee on Competing with China. The Chinese entities in question were deemed by the U.S. to be fueling Beijing's military or human rights abuses. Committee Chairman Mike Gallagher said he does not seek an antagonistic relationship with anybody, but wants to conduct the investigation in a thorough yet fair fashion. BlackRock maintained that all of its investments in China and elsewhere comply with U.S. law. MSCI has said it was reviewing their inquiry from the committee. More coverage coming up. New York City rolls out its latest plan to deal with the influx of illegal immigrants. Find out what college students are being offered in exchange for helping out after the break. Welcome back. Authorities may have identified one of two migrants found dead at the floating barriers in the Rio Grande River. The Texas Department of Public Safety said the victim appeared to have drifted into the buoys after drowning. The DPS notified U.S. Customs and Border Protection and the Mexican consulate about the drowning. According to Mexican officials, the mother of one of the victims says he was a 20-year-old Honduran national. Officials do not know the identity of the second victim. Their remains have not been claimed by anyone yet. The Texas DPS says they have personnel posted at the marine barrier in case any migrants try to cross. Mexico's president on Thursday called on Texas's, called Texas's migration policy inhumane. He's calling for the removal of floating barriers that he says violate Mexico's sovereignty. The White House scored a win in appeals court yesterday when their new migrant asylum rule was upheld, at least for now. The Department of Homeland Security says the new rule will significantly reduce irregular migration. 
The Biden rule says migrants must either seek asylum in the country they are in while traveling to the U.S. or apply for asylum online. If they do not take those steps, then they will be kicked out of the country while waiting to make an appointment using the government's app. A lower court previously called the new rule illegal and ordered its ending by next Monday. That court said the rule didn't align with the intent of Congress by allowing migrants a safe haven. Without the new rule, migrants only needed to set foot on American soil to seek asylum. Border officials are concerned over the wave of migrants rushing the border. The appeals court decision only lasts as long as the case winds its way through the court system. And New York City has rolled out its latest initiative to deal with the influx of illegal immigrants. College students are offered credits if they help the immigration file asylum claims. New York City Mayor Eric Adams' office announced the partnership with colleges earlier this week. Starting this fall semester, students at seven colleges may get credit if they volunteer to help migrants with their asylum paperwork. They include Columbia University, New York Law School, and New York University. The schools will sponsor three full days at the city's new Asylum Application Help Center by giving their students a chance to volunteer. An estimated 55,000 illegal immigrants are currently under the city's care, and as of this June, roughly 120,000 asylum cases are pending in New York immigration courts. Illegal immigrants in Central Park? The Big Apple is looking for a place to house those in the U.S. unlawfully. The deputy mayor for Health and Human Services indicated everything is on the table. Prospect Park in Brooklyn is also being considered. These parks are among the 3,000 sites the city is reviewing. The deputy mayor did not specify how imminent the plan is or who will assist the city in providing shelters. It comes as the city continues to grapple with the crisis stemming from the influx. About 100,000 illegal border crossers have made it to New York City over the past 15 months, and the city's shelter system accommodates about 56,000 illegal immigrants. Mayor Eric Adams has criticized the Biden administration for not providing financial aid, and state lawmakers visited with DHS Secretary Mayorkas recently to talk about the challenge. This week, in an unusual move, the governor of Iowa sent over 100 National Guard troops to the U.S.-Mexican border. Governor Kim Reynolds says the Guardsmen will help battle illegal immigration, human trafficking, and drug smuggling. The three-week-long effort will support Operation Lone Star in Texas, it's funded using federal COVID relief money allocated to Iowa. The governor's office said states were given flexibility in how to use the money as long as government services were provided. Her office also said that Iowa's location at the intersection of two major interstates makes it a target for human traffickers and drug cartels. Still to come, could the Niger coup and unrest in Africa embolden Russian mercenaries and jihadists to expand their power and influence in the region? We hear what one think tank director says when we come back. Communism is evil. Oh, come on. Listen, if you're as tired of the censorship as I am, I've actually got good news for you. Check out EpicTV.com. It's a brand new censorship-free video platform where you can find not only my show, but other deep documentaries, great programs, and honest movies that bring you the news without all the spin and the fake narratives. So, I'll see you there.
Miss NTD, the first NTD Global Chinese Beauty Pageant. Miss NTD, Gold Award, $10,000. protested peacefully in Beijing, China. In what amounts to the largest demonstration since the Tiananmen Square massacre in 1989. It is literally life and death for many party members to not let the story be told. that has true beauty. I imagine it's like a door. The artist holds the key to open the door and bring people to a pure world. People are more compassionate. Good to have you back. We're looking now to the situation in Niger. The director of a policy think tank took to X, the platform formerly known as Twitter, to warn about the recent coup. He called it a nightmare scenario for the U.S. Colin Clark, the director of the Sotan Group, says it could empower jihadists and Russian mercenaries, the Wagner Group, to capitalize on the unrest across West Africa. Many in Niger were seen showing support for Russia and Putin in the aftermath of last week's coup. The Kremlin has distanced itself from the coup. One Kremlin spokesman called for restraint on all sides and hoped for the release of President Bazoum. And now we're getting to some short headlines from around the world. South Korean police have arrested a man suspected of stabbing a high school teacher last week. This comes a day after police arrested another assailant who rammed his car into passersby, then got out and stabbed some, wounding 14 people. The incidents have sparked fear in a country that has long been considered safe, with a low murder rate. At least 18 people are dead after a passenger bus in western Mexico plunged off a highway into a ravine. State officials said the passengers were mostly foreigners. They include citizens from India, Dominican Republic and African nations, and some were heading for the U.S. border. 
Russia accuses Ukraine of attacking a Black Sea Navy base with sea drones. The attack was the first time a commercial Russian port was targeted in the 18-month war. While Moscow said it had fended off the attack, two sources said a Russian warship was seriously damaged. The UN says it's following closely the case of Alexei Navalny. Today, a court is expected to deliver its verdict on a battery of new charges against the jail Russian opposition figure. Navalny is expected to face an extended prison sentence while already serving over 11 years on fraud and other charges that he says are bogus. Our hearts just go out to those victims in Mexico. Yeah, terrible thing. And coming up, we have our host of NTD Business for the latest finance news. And in the nation's first, Oklahoma governor signed an executive order clarifying the definitions of male and female. We'll have more details in just a moment. Good to have you back. There has been a surge in thefts occurring across California in broad daylight, causing concern among residents and leaving communities on high alert. Entity's Christina Corona has more. This week alone, California has experienced a troubling string of thefts. Shocking video shows a group of men stealing from the Gucci store at the Westfield Century City Mall at 3 p.m. on Monday. The video, which was posted on Twitter, shows the men rushing out of the store with several luxury bags and suitcases. Authorities said the group involved nine people. On the same day, Jewels by Allen, a jewelry store located in Irvine, was also robbed at 12 30 p.m. Surveillance cameras show three suspects rushing into the jewelry store with large empty trash cans. The thieves were wearing all black and used hammers to break the glass display cases. Two women shopping immediately hit the floor. Allen, the owner of Jewels by Allen, told news outlets, I'm numb. I am absolutely numb trying to figure out what's our next step. He goes on to say, I do all the jewelry and all the stuff that was in the showcases were my own pieces and just everything disappeared. Irvine Police Sergeant Carrie Davies estimates the robbers got away with more than $900,000 in jewelry. Another video shared on Twitter this week by at EndWokeness shows the Louis Vuitton store in Los Angeles being looted in broad daylight. The quick video shows several people running out of the store with handfuls of designer luxury bags. And just yesterday, CNN reporter Kayung Law had her car window smashed while covering news in Oakland. She posted a video of the incident on her Twitter account saying, got broken into again, but this time our car was completely empty. We were across the street. This happened in seconds. As of now, none of these thieves have been caught. Anyone with information on either of these cases is urged to contact authorities. Christina Corona, NTD News, California. What is male and what is female? An Oklahoma executive order is offering strict definitions. It directs state agencies to follow the revised usage of gender and other terms. According to the new definitions, the term female refers to a person whose biological reproductive system is designed to produce ova, and male means people whose biological reproductive system is designed to fertilize the ova of a female. The order also suggests separate bathrooms and locker rooms for men and women in public schools and prisons. Governor Kevin Stitt signed the executive order Tuesday, making him the first governor in the nation to take the step. 
Stitt says the move is to ensure the true definition of the word woman and to protect the safety, dignity, and sanctity of women across the state. Florida high schoolers may not be able to take an advanced psychology class this year. That's after a dispute between the College Board and the Florida Department of Education over content on gender identity. The course AP Psychology asks students to describe how sex and gender influence socialization and other aspects of development. It also teaches about sexual orientation, but it might be in violation of a law passed by Florida earlier this year. It restricts the teaching of sexual orientation and gender identity from kindergarten through 12th grade. The College Board oversees advanced placement courses for high school students in the U.S., including AP Psychology. The board stated in June that the Florida Department of Education asked it to audit and potentially modify content to align with Florida laws, which it refused to do. The College Board called it an effective ban on the course and said colleges wouldn't accept the altered course for credit. The agency said in a statement Thursday that any AP psychology course taught in Florida will violate either Florida law or college requirements. Therefore, we advise Florida districts not to offer AP psychology until Florida reverses their decision and allows parents and students to choose to take the full course. The Florida Department of Education responded, saying it didn't ban the course and accused the College Board of playing games with Florida students. It encouraged the College Board to continue to offer the course and allow teachers to operate accordingly. Florida's conflict with the College Board comes as the state overhauls its education system. Other than gender theory, the state has also banned teachings of critical race theory and other theories that Governor Ron DeSantis refers to as neo-Marxist. The world's largest beer producer is paying the price for the Bud Light transgender controversy. The company released its latest earnings report this week. We're bringing in Don Ma, host of NTD Business, to tell us more. Good morning, Don. It's great to have you on. Good morning, Kevin. How are you? Doing good. Bud Light parent company, as you know, Anheuser-Busch just reported earnings. So, Don, what can you tell us about this? Well, Kevin, I, I got to say, I think this is one of the more enlightening uh, earnings reports. One of the big points in that report was that uh, revenue declined more than 10% in the U.S. in the second quarter of this year. And you know what? Largely contributing to that loss in revenue was the lower sales numbers of their Bud Light beer. And of course, we all know what happened there with, with the controversy. And an interesting thing, Kevin, was that in the earnings call, they found out that actually consumers, guess what, want just Bud Light to focus on beer and they want to enjoy beer without any debates. So in light of that, the CEO says they have taken the feedback of consumers, Kevin. 10% is significant. So how is Anheuser-Busch faring against its rivals? Well, its market share is down about 5% compared to last year. Its rivals, by the way, include uh, Molson Coors, Brown, Foreman, and Constellation brands. Uh, Molson Coors net actually sales rose 10.7% in North America and South America. Its core brands are Miller Lite and Coors Lite. And Kevin, some analysts are saying that there's a market share shift away from Bud Light and towards Miller Lite and Coors Light. And they're saying that it's likely very profitable. Um, so Bud Light's owner is saying that they will try to win back drinkers by staying away from controversial topics. So Dan, what other news do you have for us? Yeah, so starting with Apple, the tech giant announced a third quarter revenue decline. Um, that's at 1%, just under $82 billion. But Apple officials did have some positive news. They say service revenues, which include Apple Music and Apple TV Plus, 
hit an all-time high. And meanwhile, Tesla is facing a class action lawsuit in California. A group of owners claimed that the company exaggerated the distance its cars could travel on a single charge. The lawsuit accuses the electric car maker of falsely advertising driving range estimates in a bid to boost sales. Tesla is widely seen as the automaker with the longest EV driving range of all models. And some news in traveling. There's, there has been a surge in Americans traveling abroad, and that's despite skyrocketing airfares. A, fa- a flight to Europe costs an average of $1,200. Now, according to a travel booking software, that price marks the highest in the past six years. And My suggestion is always to find off-peak season if you want to go to Europe. And of course, speaking of flights, Frontier Airlines is making changes that latecomers may want to take note. So here's what it is. The company announced all check-in and baggage drop counters will close 60 minutes before the flight's departure time. So keep that in mind. And this new rule will take effect on the 16th of this month. Currently, passengers have until 45 minutes before the flight. Uh, A spokesperson also said the changes to make the check-in process more uniform and allow time for bags to get to the airplanes. I think normally they're asking people to go to the airport at least three hours before international flight and two hours for domestic. I can imagine that it will will be pretty tight if if it changes to 60 minutes. And, And on that note, that's all from me, Kevin. Yeah, thanks for the update, Don, on that class action, especially, you know, considering that the range is a big issue with these EVs, and experts have told me it's hard to insure them. But, hey, people keep buying them. So thank you, Don. Thank you. A touching moment. Even torrential rain can't stop the guard at the tomb of this unknown soldier. You likely heard about severe storms this past weekend in Metro Washington, D.C. Heavy rain with wind gusts up to 80 miles an hour whipped through the capital, pulling up trees by their roots, knocking down power lines and blocking roadways. But this video captures a lone soldier holding a vigil at Arlington National Cemetery despite the poor weather. The Sentinel is from the 3rd U.S. Infantry Regiment, also called the Old Guard. The tomb he guarded is the final resting place of an unnamed U.S. soldier from World War I, along with two other unidentified servicemen. Since 1937, their grave has been guarded 24 hours a day, rain or shine. According to the Society of the Honor Guard, the tomb guard has other plans in place if weather conditions put soldiers in danger. Just ahead, America is experiencing a teacher shortage crisis. We take a look at what's being done to fill the gap when we come back. There currently aren't enough teachers to teach America's children. One estimate says there are 36,000 vacancies across the country. This is not good for kids or for America because it hurts their education and kids are the future. One potential solution, fast-track teacher training programs. But is that enough? Entities Colin Fredrickson has more. An estimated 36,000 teaching positions in the U.S. are not filled. The alarming shortage is impacting children's education. When class sizes are much larger, when you have 30-plus 
maybe even 40 students in a classroom, it's very difficult for students to get the individual attention that they need. Educator Brian Stewart says not having enough teachers may mean a lower quality of education for students. It's important for teachers to give students individual attention. This critical teacher deficit has given rise to fast-track teacher credentialing companies. Becoming a teacher normally takes four years or more, but these fast-track companies can produce a teacher in one year. Stewart has no problem with fast-track teaching training programs. As long as the quality of instruction is there, they can be a great addition to other classroom teachers, and they're getting their education through alternative pathways through years of experience in the private sector, military, uh, other areas, so that they bring that to the table. One of the most prominent companies providing these services is iTeach. We provide an online teacher credentialing option that is low cost, it's accessible, and it's streamlined. iTeach President Andrew Roselle says iTeach has certified over 21,000 teachers over the past two decades. He says the teacher shortage is more significant than it seems because he sees fewer people wanting to become teachers, more retirements, and larger classrooms. Some critics say that fast-track teacher training isn't as thorough as a four-year degree. But Roselle says that iTeach takes rigor and quality very seriously. iTeach has been accredited by the Council for the Accreditation of Educator Preparation, or CAPE. CAPE is an independent organization that evaluates educator preparation programs and provides assurance that graduates are well-prepared to teach. Yes, we have a faster-track process, um, but we feel that it's efficient. We have pared down the core training that's needed for teachers to be successful and then deliver that in a model that accrediting bodies have seen to be the same rigor. States are trying to deal with the teacher shortage in other ways as well. About a dozen have either relaxed credentialing standards or are considering it. California eliminated two qualification exams. Arizona allowed substitute teachers to become full-time teachers. And Oklahoma removed the requirement to take a general education exam. Colin Fredrickson, NTD News. It's back to school season and thousands of California students are one step closer to being ready for school. Nonprofit organization Sacred Heart prepared 4,000 backpacks to make sure kids are fully supplied. And today's David Lamb was at the heart of it. Children got to pick their favorite backpacks and what to load them with before school starts. This is Sacred Heart's mission to help families like Anna Bonillas over its two-day event in San Jose, California. Basically, it's the most important thing to be ready for school. The backpack, pencils, notebooks, uh, binders, binder paper, and all that, because in school, it's very important to be ready at all times. As a mother of four kids, Bonilla says it gets expensive. Today, three of her kids, one in TK, fourth grade, and ninth grade, all picked up something for school to begin in August. Do you feel ready? Yeah, somewhat. I mean, it's a blessing that we get it for free. It makes me feel normal. Like how school already started, like almost. Like it makes me feel like I'm in school. The goal is to distribute 4,000 backpacks. That's the equivalent to 10 elementary schools. The most for the nonprofit's annual pack-a-back drive since running it for nearly two decades. From transitional kindergarten all the way to 12th grade, there's a lot of backpacks to be given here. Now, how did it all start? Well, we spoke to one of the coordinators who said he was a student that benefited from one of these drives when he was younger. It's about almost 15 years ago. 
um, and it's something we've always been grateful. My parents have been always been grateful about it, and that's why um, we all we I, that was one of the decisions why I wanted to work here as a staff member, kind of for full circle. Alejandro Gonzalez is one of the 300 volunteers, and he says the money that families save can be used for groceries and other necessities. All these students, they're, they're the future at the end of the day. They're the ones who will be t um, leading us he um, here on out. In San Jose, California, David Lamb, NTD News. What a great program that is. You know, you got to be prepared and think about just the morale that they get from having those supplies on hand. Yeah, and I think it's very important, especially now with inflation and everything. I remember, I think I spoke to Bankrate last year during back to school, and it's an immense, it's a lot of money that goes into back to school supplies. I, I believe it was over $500. Yeah, it's a big investment. It's crazy. And I remember back to school season, you know, wrestling practice in high school, all-nighter cramming in college. Yeah. It's fun stuff. <laughs> All right, still to come, we hear from a Georgia couple who overcame many heartbroken events in their life and now have a happy family with 12 children. And an emotional reunion in Kansas, a dog owner reclaimed his best friend almost two years after he went missing. Stay tuned for more on that story. Good to have you back. Life doesn't always go as planned, and when it takes unexpected twists and turns, what do you do? Let's hear from a Georgia couple who overcame many heartbroken events in their life. David and Carly Boychuk's ideal plan was to have four children, but after having two healthy children, bad luck struck twice. Carly suffered two consecutive miscarriages. Um, so it was really hard to process, especially the first because you wanted to go on with your normal life, but you were still in extreme grief. It took me totally off guard. I was devastated. I just cried and cried. I just couldn't believe that this would happen, even happen again. After the devastating losses, the grieving Broychucks turned to their faith. Carly asked God to heal her womb and pleaded to take as many children as he would give them. God has a plan and a future for all of us. We may not understand it all, but he has definitely got a plan for all of us, even in the, the midst of hard work. After enduring seven miscarriages, they were gifted with 12 healthy children. For their precious children, Carly has been pouring her heart into caring for them. With the oldest daughter married and serving in the army, Carly is homeschooling eight children and gets them involved in extracurricular activities. Several of our children play instruments. Um, we've been involved in homeschool band for like eight years. So some of them play violin and percussion and the trumpet. Um, our kids are involved in a country dancing with a lot of other homeschoolers. Carly also reads the Bible with her kids every morning, and every kid gets to share their understanding of the scriptures one day a week. Carly marveled at how the kids are building up their own faith. I mean, you just wouldn't believe, like, even when they share something, I'm like, I just didn't see that before. Like, you, they just have their own walk. David says their faith helps them get through the trials and tribulations. God says walk by faith, not by sight. So a lot of times the things that we see, they seem to be just something, this huge mountain that can't be moved. And uh, we just learn to trust in the Lord to expect those mountains to move and uh, expect favor even in the midst of the storms. 
The boy child says they have built a closer and stronger family through the tough times. Angela Moy, NTD News. Wow, seven miscarriages. I can't believe what kind of an impact it will have on her body. They really persevered through that one. And it just looks like such a happy family. Yeah, that's true. Being able to get back up again, that's the key. All right, next, an emotional reunion in Kansas. A dog owner reclaimed his good boy nearly two years after he was stolen. According to the Kansas Humane Society, Wichita Animal Services recently confiscated Gage and another dog. They say Gage had fleas all along his back and has alopecia or hair loss. His owner had been looking for him all this time and had put an owner reclaim reservation on Gage so it was easy for them to find his real owner. Gage was a little loopy after being reunited with his owner but he did remember his dad. The Kansas Humane Society says they wish Gage and his dad nothing but happy memories. Look at that happy whale t uh, tail wag. <laughs> oh, yeah, cute little pup. <laughs> yeah. All right, that's all for today's program. We're going to end it right here. We'd love to hear from you at goodmorning at ntd.com. Shoot us an email if you'd like. Thanks for watching. Have a great weekend. I'm Evelyn Lee. And I'm Kevin Hogan.